We have all been there where we experience or see someone that we know or love, or we hear about somebody that has gone through something tragic. Maybe they've lost a loved one, they've lost a child, they have a miscarriage, they get diagnosed with something, they lose their home to a fire or flood. The list goes on, right? And oftentimes the struggle is for those of us, especially with so much compassion, we want to bring relief to the situation, but we don't always know how to do that. And then honestly, if you're on the other side of that situation where you're going through the hardship and people come genuinely wanting to help and say, what can I do? How can I help? It, it can be, create a little bit of stress trying to figure out how to even give them any directions. And so the platform I'm going to talk to you about today, actually, I'm not. The founder of it is going to talk to you about it today. I am so flipping pumped for you guys to learn about this platform. It is as if Meal Train, a registry, and Pinterest Ideas had a baby and it is free, and it is a platform that you can use to help you bridge the gap between wanting to help and being able to help without there being any awkward moments or stress in the in-between. This is so incredible. I can't wait for you to hear her story of how this came about and how this will, it's literally a God idea to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus and compassion to the people around us. So, before I jump in, I want you to pause where you're at. I want you to share this episode with your pastor, with anybody in the helps ministry at church, especially if they oversee that ministry, and with a couple close friends. This platform needs to go viral because it is so incredible. So share the episode real quick. Just trust me when I say that. Share the episode. And then let's jump in. Your mind is going to be blown and you're going to be so excited about what this is about. All right, let's jump in. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode here at Java with Jen. I have a new guest on the show who's never been here, and she is a new friend of mine. Her name is Jane, and she is here to talk about a really, really cool platform that the Lord kind of gave her the idea of and that came out of a difficult time that when she shared with me what this platform is and what it does to serve people in that are finding themselves in grief or in loss or in difficult seasons, I was just like, this is a literal God idea is how it struck me. And so I'm so excited to have her here to share with you guys um, just what all this is about. And so Jane, thank you so much for coming on my show today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So my audience is probably unfamiliar with who you are. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into your story and, and how you landed where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, will try to condense my story in 30 seconds or less. Um, so I was born and raised in Canada, very small town, um, grew up on a farm, sweet memories of um, growing up on a farm. And, um, you know, throughout college, I then came to the States and um, it's where I met my uh, husband and, and we lived in Virginia for a few years. And then we relocated at several times for educational purposes. And now we are based out of New York city. Um, and we have three kiddos and, um, that's kind of like a, a short form of my whole story. I mean, obviously we could talk for days and many episodes about living in New York city, but, um, 
We love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now you have, you've put together a platform, which we'll dive into the nitty gritty of that. Um, but I want you to share about your story and how you came about to this platform. What I love about your story is, is that you took something that potentially would knock most people on their feet with fear and with um, overwhelm. And you were like, you know what? We can use this. We can use this to meet a need. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what's so beautiful about your story and, and is so much like God's fingerprints on your story. But why don't you share a little bit about what brought you to the point of developing this platform? Yeah. So um, a lot of what I do is obviously, you know, a personal story. It's deeply rooted in what we've experienced and and the gaps in the system that we experienced. So um, nine years ago, uh, 24 days, I guess it was actually 30 days before we were getting married, um, my husband was experiencing headaches and we associated those with stress and because he was in law school and um, nothing was going to solve the headaches. And so we ended up going to the emergency room and getting a MRI. And that is what revealed to us that he had a nine centimeter tumor growing quickly um, in his brain and we needed to take action very quickly. So it was within 24 hours of the initial diagnosis of his tumor that was growing so quickly. It was, it was swelling his brain so rapidly. We only had essentially days to navigate big decisions. And so we were on a plane to Kansas, which we flew from Virginia to Kansas, um, to, to ultimately be part of a trial and be part of a procedure that we didn't know what the outcome would look like. And he ended up having his first brain tumor surgery on May 1st. And that's where he, um, that's where we had to really make decisions, right? Is he going to come through with it? What does the recovery look like? Are we going to get married in 24 days? Um, our whole world were turned upside down, um, in 2014 and the surgery ended up being successful. And I say that very, um, cautiously and graciously, as I know, not everyone's story is that. And so, um, we thought then, you know, he, Completely, like he he was successful with his surgery, and it was wonderful that we were able to, you know, get married. Twenty four days later, we wow. we always say like this is a celebration of of life more than love. Although weddings are obviously um, a celebration of love, but he, yeah, he was at the end of my aisle, and um, and it was just a gift to be able to experience that day when we had planned it, and then, um. Fast forward, you know, seven or eight years, we, you know, grew a family, moved, settled, thought that our brain tumor story was over. And that really kind of shifted the way even we see marriage and life and family mm-hmm. and our faith um, and how that, you know, stabilized us. Last August, he was um, experiencing some side effects and it was um, regrowth. He ended up having another tumor last August. And I felt like, it was an, in many ways, a very similar experience to 2014, but he, um, there was an incredible, incredibly different story that we were living out. We now had three children. We had been married for 10 years. We knew each other more. And I felt like that second surgery was a lot more risky for me. I had more to lose. I had more to, um, navigate and make decisions for, and I was able to bring a toolkit from the first surgery, but um, was kind of tossed into the 
the washing machine cycle of what to do next and how can I get help and, and didn't know what the outcome would be. And so, um, he successfully went through that surgery and, um, that, that kind of brings us up to date of how we see things differently, how we appreciate the fragility of life and, and ultimately, ultimately what I do with work and how I pour that into giving back to, um, people that will experience the same story. Wow. That's amazing. So obviously I want to get into what you created to serve you through that time and serve other people. But you made a comment about how your faith served as an anchor in that time. What role did the Holy Spirit's voice and and listening to the counsel of the Lord play in your story? Because I'm sure, I mean, seasons like that really drive us to the Lord, right? They drive us to our faith and and like, God, I need you, like get me through this. So what were some moments where um, that was pivotal for you? Yeah, there's actually, there's a few things that I think I would want to share and highlight. Um, a lot of people sometimes use scripture as like a weapon in the wrong way. When people are going through difficult times, they'll take, they'll take, you know, scripture out of context or they'll say, you know, well, God is good. And, and that is true. And that is true. And that will always be true. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to somebody who, you know, during his first surgery, they were like, well, God is good. And I, I pushed back on them because in that moment, I wanted to remind them, God, God will be good no matter what. Like God's goodness is not dependent on Andrew's outcome. And I believe and I know and I've seen the character of God and who he is in scripture, who he is to the world, that he is infinitely good. And so I really felt like the Lord was like, this is an opportunity to to know and hope in me, not in the the temporal or things that I can see or that I experience on this earth, but just like above it all, know me and know how I will walk you through this. And so I felt like to, to work off of that stability of like, God is good, no matter what he is faithful, no matter what it doesn't depend on the outcome of my scenario Mm -hmm. were huge lessons to learn. Um, because I wasn't then treating God like a vending machine. I was able to walk through this knowing that my father in heaven would carry us through regardless of whatever the next part of my story looked like. And, um, and I also think if you read through the Psalms, it really connected me with the Psalms. Um, if you really read through the Psalms, they aren't happy journal writings. They are deep, like they are so emotionally deep. And so my friend and I were talking about how some people will, will read a Psalm so joyfully and some Psalms are beautiful and they are praiseworthy and other Psalms are just lament. It's just pure lamenting of how hard life can be. And I felt like I was able to really like emotionally connect with, you're right. Life is really hard and it can be really hard for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And you can still praise God with a broken heart and not have to put a happy face on it. And I felt like there were just some really genuine faith exposures that I was able to say, okay, like, where is like, what do I believe? And what do I live my life based on? And then work from that. Um, And I feel like that was the strength that kind of brought us through, brought us through our marriage, our parenting, everything since then. So good. You know, that reminds me of um, a, a phrase that I had heard when I was going through a really difficult season. And I was wrestling with the goodness of God because of the, the nature of harm that I was experiencing. And 
I remember hearing this phrase that said, God is not good because he saves you from all hardship. God is good because he walks with you through it. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's so true. (laughs) But so often, like you said, treating God like a vending machine, we can act like or feel like, God, you're big enough to save me from this. You didn't save me from this. And so you're not good anymore, you know, and that is such a limited understanding of God's nature. And and I feel like it's huge that you are able to lean into what we do know is God is good. We don't always have an answer for why things happen. We live in a broken world and broken things happen around us and it's hard. And, and God doesn't hide that from us in the word. He's very clear about that. Um, and so I love how you were able to just lean into your faith and lean into your relationship with the Lord to walk you through that. What would you say to someone who maybe is going through something really similar and they're in the middle of their story? What would you mm-hmm. say to them? Yeah, I would, I would first just see their pain. I think that's what we all need to do better. Um, to be able just to say, I see you, I see that you're walking through a really hard time, whether it's physically, medically, in relationships, to see that and to validate that because Christ sees that and Jesus experienced the, he ultimately experienced the most pain that he, that any of us could ever experience. And so I, I think to validate and to see the pain would be my first thing to say to somebody um, and to sit with them in it, not try to fix it, not try to Google or come up with any solution, but to sit with them in it and to pray with them. Um, and to encourage them to go back to the Psalms, right? And read and and to receive that empathy from the Psalms of you, you're in the pit too, you know, and the pit isn't fun. And yet we get to look up and and know and trust that God um is faithful. Yeah. It's and so I think that piece is really helpful. Um and just a, a truth to never forget. And then I would also encourage the person to just not walk it out alone. Um, life is not meant to be lived alone. I feel like the church is structured and built because there's more than just an institution. There's a community and a, a, a gift that comes with human to human interaction. And so don't do it alone. Um, find a faith community, find a friend, um, to have somebody walk it out with you. Even if they don't know what to say, someone will be there. Um, and I think that's so, so priceless for, for journeys. That's so good. That's so good. And I feel like whenever, whenever we experience or we, we know someone, I mean, I can think of multiple people right now that I know that are going through really difficult things, cancer diagnoses, just lost Mm -hmm. somebody, they're in the hospital, whatever. Um, and in those seasons or in those moments with those people, the people around them are, are, our humanity and our compassion for one another makes us want to help. Um, so I kind of have a a double-edged question here. In people's desire to help, sometimes they can do and say really unhelpful things. So so before we get into the helpful things, which would dig into your platform a little bit, what are some unhelpful things that people could avoid doing? Or you even mentioned that sometimes people weaponize scripture without realizing it. What are maybe some really simple things to say, hey, just avoid, just avoid saying this, just avoid doing this. And then we'll lean into what people can do. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If I could write a book, it would be like what not to say. Like, just don't, don't say that. Um, I think one of the things is everything happens for a reason. I, I, I get that they want to, to say that like nothing's ever wasted, which is true in the moment to say that to somebody, 
just not only minimizes their pain, but then it, I mean, that's, and that's big enough, right. To minimize somebody's pain, but it also doesn't let them just be present in like a, this sucks. Like this is really hard and to not try to put a bow on top, but you know, everything happens for a reason. I think I would cautious people to not say, but, because typically when you're like, um, this is really hard, but he's in a better place or something like that. It just negates the first part of the sentence. You're like, no, just, just end it. Like, this is really hard. Or he like, say like, he'll be, he'll be missed or whatever, whatever situation it is. It's that like the lack of empathy in saying, you know, everything happens for a reason or, you know, don't worry, you know, keep, keep your head high, all the things where it's like, or just let me be sad, you know? And, um, I think back to like when Jesus was in Gethsemane, like would the, were the disciples so tempted to be like, you know, don't worry. Or like everything happens for a reason. Like, I think they were, they really just, um, and I can reference back to that. I think they really just prayed and they were there, um, eventually. And I think Jesus just cried and prayed to his father. And, and if that's our example, then that's a beautiful way to be too. Um, so yeah, don't, do not say everything happens for a reason because sometimes we don't know. We, we may not ever know the reason. um, And that's not helpful. It's so true. I think, I think a lot of the times why people feel like they need to say something positive after acknowledging the pain is that they don't want to, they, they don't want to leave them in a hopeless place. Right. Right. Um, And so I think that's where we can make the mistake of leaning into trite phrases Mm. or things that negate what they're experiencing right now. And so I think a little, a little hack, which leads us into your platform is that if you're, if you're with someone, they're going through something hard empathize, see their pain, hold space for it. But instead of leaning into something trite to say, ask, how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I help alleviate some of your stress or some of your pain? Because then you're bringing them hope because they don't feel alone and you're doing something really tangible Mm -hmm. to serve them and help them in that moment. And that when I've gone through hard things, when I had a baby, when our pastor died, when you know, I was going through difficult things when people, or when our house flooded, you know, when people came along practically, it was so much life to me. And I didn't feel like I had to pretend I wasn't falling apart. You know, I didn't have to feel like I had to put on a pretty face and be like, yeah, this sucks, but I'm okay. You know, because you're just not, you know, but when they came along with tangible ways to help me, it just reminded me that I was not alone and it gave me hope and gave me encouragement. And so would you agree that that's one of the best ways to respond after making space for their pain? Yeah, absolutely. I think ending it with even vocalizing, I don't know what to say, or I don't want to say anything wrong. And I'm here, like, I'm just here. Uh, I'm here to listen. I'm here to be, I typically wrote, write my friends and they know this now. Like I'm typically, I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to cry with, I'm here to be screamed at. I'm here to hug. Like, I'm just here for those things. Yeah. That's like what I can do as a, as a human right now who feels really limited in your pain, but sees it and wants to do what I can to just be what I can for you. Um, that's a, that's an empathetic connecting approach. And that's what we need during times of difficulty. Yeah. And I love that now diving into your platform called near, Mm. um, I love that it was born out of this difficult season that you came from that is both inspirational. It's practical. It, 
it helps people who find themselves in that gap space of, I don't know what to do. I know that when our house flooded and we literally lost everything and people would come to me and they'd be like, what can I do? And I, I loved, hated that question <laughs> because I was like, literally, I need everything. I, I don't know. And I remember it was such a blessing when people could kind of read my mind a little bit and just recognize, Hey, they need a fridge. And so they provided with us a fridge or they're like, Oh, their kids probably need beds. And so this church in Arkansas sent us beds for the kids, you know, or someone else was like, Oh, their kids don't have bikes. Let's buy them bikes, you know, or a friend was like, you need Starbucks right now. You're stressed out. Here is a $200 gift card to Starbucks, <laughs> you know? And yeah. those things were so tangible and refreshing that I didn't have to do all the legwork of giving them a to-do list because then I was like, well, I don't know if you can afford what I need. I don't know if this creates a right. burden for you now, you know? Totally. And so tell us how your platform really fills that gap space of wanting to help and being able to help. Yeah. So near you're right. near is driven out of a, a personal story of an opportunity to help and serve someone who is either terminally diagnosed or is experiencing grief and loss um, and difficult times. And so what it is, is it's a care registry where you go on and you create care tasks and you can fill the list of practical and really just like sweet gifts that are really helpful. And so you can do it for yourself. I know that my friend during Andrew's second surgery had, um, she was like my go-to person, right? Like everyone needs kind of that one go-to person who doesn't, I don't have to manage people, but I can just say, you know, go to her. She's going to send people where they need to go. And Jane, you know, Jane needs childcare at this point. She actually needs her house to be clean at this point. Someone to pick up the mail because she's at the hospital, someone to drive them back from the hospital. There's so many logistics. And so near the near care registry organizes that. And so it's a way that I can say, I'm going to go to her care page and see what I can do to help and sign up and take advantage of that. What it does is that it opens up an opportunity for people to not just do money and meals. Like and those are great. Like money is so helpful. And we have like a funding option where you can go and connect to the fundraiser option because money is very practical and helpful. And meals are great too. Other than in New York City specifically, it's really hard to find times to align with like meal drop-off and and, and all the things. Uh -huh. uh, as well as there's so many allergies these days. <laughs> Casseroles are really tricky to make for people. Yeah. Uh, so we have like a delivery card or like a meal gift card, which is so helpful to have. And you can customize it saying, I actually prefer this service over this service and just bring the most clarity because people, they want to help. They want to say, I, I want to sign up and do this. And, or I want to be the person for the person that's going for a hard time. Like I want to be the coordinator for her. She just lost her friend. Like I want to facilitate a care registry for her and really bless her. Um, so you can be it can be a ministry for yourself, like, right? Like you can do that for other people, set up care pages on behalf of other people and be their coordinator. Um, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to help somebody in those tangible ways. Um, and and so, yeah, so Nier has a passion of expanding that care piece as well as we have the um, the gift ideas and the, the guides that we've curated based on specific situations as well. Wow, okay, so- Let's dig a little deeper into what this looks like for anyone, obviously, that's listening that hasn't looked at it, hasn't experienced it. From how you've described it to me, near sounds like if a baby registry concept and meal train and maybe funeral home planning had a baby. Essentially, right. 
Okay. Okay. So it's <laughs> like, I love that it kind of pulls all those things together. And so um, I love that it is, it, well, actually, and I'm even thinking right now, like just this week, uh, the paper mill in our town, there's three of them, like across the U.S., uh, just closed down. It was a major surprise. And there's wow. like, it's a small town and there's like 500 people locally that work there or something like that. And so a, oh. I have at least three friends from just from our church who just lost their jobs or are losing their jobs because the paper mill's closing. And so is near just for people who are dealing with loss and grief, or is it for things like that? Is it, can you use it for if like someone had a baby? What is it relevant for? Yeah, I think the platform itself is targeted towards terminal illness, loss, and grief. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing specific to the care registry that couldn't be used for somebody else. So we have clients on there now that do um, a knee surgery, which is a very temporal thing. We have um, another client that does a breast cancer and their journey towards chemo and the logistics of being, you know, a parent while you're experiencing breast cancer. And like, how, how does that work? Like, how can you be a mom? And, you know, have to keep up with all your appointments. And so there's, a, you know, an opportunity for that. And so I think to highlight the fact that it's for difficult times is really special, as well as the gift part is really handy because we had a friend who needed her dad had esophagus surgery. And so all he could have was like soft foods or smoothies. Mm -hmm. And so her friends sent him four Vitamixes and we all love Vitamix, right? Uh -huh. Like it's a great blender. Nobody needs four, like no, it's true. one. And it's the same, like, it's the same situation you have when you're getting married, right? You're like, I've put it on my registry. I need one. Um, and so we've, we've built it to say, okay, add one to your care registry and people can step in and get that for you. And then they know it's done and you can mark as purchased and it's good to go. Um, so there's lots of scenarios that you can use it for. Um, and, and it's, it can be temporary. It can be a three week stretch. It can be a three year stretch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. there for you. I love it. As a pastor and, and experiencing so many different types of situations that arise mm -hmm. at church um, with all the different members, like to me, this tool is like a gold mine of helps. Like, like anyone with a helps ministry and in, built into their gift set inside of themselves is going to get really excited about this platform, I think. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your favorite features that this platform offers? Yeah. So right now, and we're continuing to build it out. So this is like our very first phase um, as we're launching it, one of the ones that I'm excited about is adding family members. And so we focus on the one person and you can do a collective family, but we also have a section where you can add their name and age so that you can help people understand, like to curate things specific to those ages, which I think is really valuable. Um, we have the task section, which again, you sign up for a specific task and you're reminded of it, which is helpful. And then we also have the chance to um, just share updates, right? instead of going to three different websites for funding and meal train and updates, it's, you can do it all really easily right on your care page. And so it's really combining and filling in the gaps that we currently see in the caretaking space. That's so cool. I love that. Now, is this a free platform or does it cost mm -hmm. something? No, every care page is free. That's amazing. I just love that. So if there's someone who hears, Hey, this is free. And they're immediately like, <gasps> How can I help make sure this never goes away? How can I support the vision of this project? How can they like financially even contribute? Because there are some people that are wired like that. They're like, I need to help make sure this vision keeps going. Totally. Yeah, no. And we we really have seen people really benefit from what, what we're doing. And it's been such a gift to be able to give back from a story of pain and hard. Um, and our story is still going. Like we don't, I don't want people to think like, well, then now they're just good to go. It's like, we don't know what the future holds, but 
whatever it does hold, we're kind of, we're going to pick up our story and continue to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but I mean, buying from the gift guide, our shop is full of incredible gifts is always a way to encourage near, um, and then connecting with us for partnership opportunities. We have some exciting things coming down the pipeline for celebrating life and legacy that, um, I want people to know about. So there's lots of content and resources. Our, um, we have a page specific for Java with Jen, and that's going to have caregiving guides and our holiday gift guide for this upcoming holiday season. And, um, and even like preparing a head checklist. So lots of resources, all free, but we'd love to stay in touch. That's amazing. Okay. So that brings me to a couple of questions. Um, one I'm going to ask at some point, so maybe at the end we can touch on this. If someone wants to stay in touch with the updates, because you said you're, it's still in development and, or it's still being rounded out, being added to whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would want to always be on the front end of like, Hey, what else are you guys adding to this platform? Um, so if anyone wants to connect with that, maybe be on your email list or whatever, I'm sure there's a way to do that. You can tell us that in, in a little bit. Um, but Walk me through, like, say I have a friend going through divorce. I actually have three friends in the middle of divorces. Um, and that's a hard, a really hard mm-hmm. season. It brings up some really practical needs. So let's say I want to start a page for my friend who's going through a divorce. Walk me through the process of what that looks like and how I can then connect this to people that they know. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I'm sorry for those for those going through that. I know that's a uh, really hard season. Whether kids are involved or not, it's extremely, extremely hard. Um, and so when you when you go to stayneer.co, there's a, a button that says create a free care page or care registry. And so you click that and you fill in their mailing address or wherever you want the gifts to go. And then there is an option, which I think is really special that you can make it either public or private and put like a password on it because you know, not everyone wants either their address there or they just don't want it to be public for anyone to search and find. And so um, you can make it a private page and then share that link to specific people or say, you know, if you have a private Facebook channel, then just say, you know, this is our page. Here's the password to access it. Um, And then just start going in. It's a really easy to use platform. Start adding your care tasks and what, what you need and who you need it for. And fill in the gifts and ways they can help. And then um, just start sharing and people will be able to, without them creating an account, they can go in and just say, I'll take it. I'll take it. And um, it's just a great way to facilitate community. That's so cool. I love that. And I actually really love that you guys create gift guides because if you've never been through what this person is going through, then you don't always know like what are good gifts? What are things that they'll need in this time? So I love that you guys, you know, are forward thinking in that and like, Hey, let's help you help you understand maybe some really helpful things that they'll need. That's so good. So then how can people connect with you guys? Um, if they're like, okay, for sure, we need this in our church. We need this at work. I have a friend who's going through something. If they want to connect, how can they do that? What link can I send them to? And how can they get on your email list? Yeah. So when you first log on to our website, there's opportunities to sign up for our newsletter, as well as the landing page, Java with Jen, that we can add in the show notes. That's really helpful. And then if they want um, more like a more custom experience or more specific to the church. Like we can talk through like white labeling and some really interesting opportunities for them to email us. And our email address is hello at stayneer.co. And it's very, um, we can, you know, our team can talk with them on, on ways that we can really equip their community to, to do caring well. 
That's amazing. I love that. You make it really easy. Well, you guys, listen, for those of you who are listening and you're like, wow, this sounds really interesting. If you are in a church community, I feel like this would be literally, this could be almost like a, like a, um, like a branch of ministry, you know, being able to integrate this into the helps ministry at your church and ministering to people. Cause every church has that. We, we have a prayer list mm-hmm. at our church for people who are in the hospital. We have meal trains that go on for different people. And some people do have a longer term um, experience and difficulty right. than some others. And so something like this would be so ideal. And then if you end up finding out three months later that, that someone at church was in a situation, you can just still point them to their near page. And it's just a really great way to kind of fill in those gaps between wanting to help and being right. able to help. And that's so huge. I just love it. So you guys go to staynear.co. Is that right? Staynear.co. Mm-hmm and go check her stuff out. Make sure to get on their newsletter. That way you can keep up with the updates. If you are part of a church, contact your pastor, contact someone in leadership and let them know about this platform or somebody over the helps ministry team and let them know about this platform. I feel like this is huge. Um, If you're at work and you have a really great community at work, connect with your people at work and just spread the word of this, share this episode with people, share the link with people because this is such a valuable tool. And it just makes me so excited because it's, I feel like it's a sweet spot for this kind of a service. And so, Mm. and the beautiful thing is that it's going to comfort and help people when they need it the most. And that's what makes it so beautiful. So thank you for putting this together, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really sweet to see. That's the most beautiful part is that it's for other people and it's helping people care better. And I think that's like, I mean, that's just living out the way the church should live it out, right? Is to care well. And so um, it's been, it's been honestly like a, a dream to be able to do this together for people. That's, that's so amazing. I just love it. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you go check her her platform out near over at staynear.co. Make sure that you are following Java with Jen podcast on any listening platform. If you just stumbled across this episode or someone shared this episode with you and you're not already subscribed, make sure you go hit subscribe because we have tons of valuable content coming at you every week. And so I would love to connect with you. Come say hey over on Instagram at Java with Jen and make sure to also connect with near on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? Co. Stay near co. Okay. That's their handle for, and I'll put all of her links in the show notes. So if you guys can't keep up or you're driving or something, you can check out the links later. And so thank you so much, Jane, for coming on here and sharing about this. I'm, I'm super excited as a pastor and as a friend, and I'm just super excited for this and for you guys and what this may mean for your futures as well. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful week. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and he wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.